Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Big night of high school football in the area. We'll get into that coming up. IU football here in the middle of the season has landed a big in-state commitment. We'll tell you about that today. And of course, as always, as we get into September, it is basketball season to me. Uh, college hoops, high school basketball just around the corner, and we've got lots of IU basketball stuff that we'll cover here in this Friday edition of the program. couple notes to start the show. The Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Thornton's text line, you can send in questions, comments, uh, whatever you want. We'll get it on the air. And if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today, grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and send us a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Honeybake Tam show lineup for this Friday program. Segment one, we'll get into IU Akron, a couple IU football notes I want to mention today, including the commitment from an in-state running back. We'll talk IU basketball. They've got a big recruiting weekend ahead with some younger talent coming to campus for the game on Saturday and uh, plenty of other things to get to that we haven't been able to yet this week with uh, IU basketball because of how busy things have been coming out of the uh, media day on Wednesday. There are some other things I want to cover from that, and so we'll do that here in this opening segment. Later in the show, Dylan Wallace, former sports editor at the Seymour Tribune, just a great guy when it comes to IU stuff, is going to join us for a chat on IU football and basketball. And then later today, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. He always joins on Friday as we talk the latest in local sports, high school sports, high school football on a statewide level. What's going on out there? What are some of the big games tonight? And uh, some recruiting with Kyle as well when he joins us a little bit later in the hour today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Why not try Honey Baked Tam for a delicious lunch? They've got great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Tam in New Albany a try. I think that you'll be glad that you did. All right, let's uh, get into some of our headlines, our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. 
and we'll start with IU football today, and we'll start with recruiting. In-state running back, his name is Kobe Martin, spelled very creative, uh, creatively. His name is K-H-O-B-I-E, Kobe Martin, committed to the Hoosiers. He's a 2024 player, so a senior. He's in the middle of his senior year of high school football. He's at Fishers High School in the Indianapolis area. So he is committed to IU, six foot, 200 pound standout, the 18th commitment for Tom Allen and his staff in the 2024 class. He had previously been committed to Miami of Ohio. He committed to them last spring back in April, but added an offer from the Hoosiers recently, decided to open his recruitment back up. And the term in football they use, he flipped to the Hoosiers. And as a guy that's been around basketball so long, golly, the football recruiting process is so different. People, basketball players occasionally back out of their commitment or something changes with their coach or their situation or you know they go overseas, whatever it may be. There are different things that happen. It's, it's a new world in college sports across the board. But college football, it is a regular occurrence that even after a player commits, other schools will still – I guess you'd call it recruit them, still check in, still call, maybe a bigger school like Indiana, still offering scholarships to a player that is already at least on, uh, you know, verbally committed to a smaller, a mid-major uh, program. So uh, I've said this before, it's uh, college football recruiting is hard for me in some ways to understand. It's much different than basketball. And the commitment of Kobe Martin, who was already committed to a program, kind of underscores that, but he does seem like an intriguing player. And of course, to get somebody from the central part of the state where high school football is, I think that's clearly the best place in the state for high school football is a big deal for Indiana. Speaking of IU football, Taven Jackson, who I guess to me is one of the bright spots so far the season. When you talk about highlights and reasons to really want to dig in and follow this team on Saturday, uh, he had a great game. Last week against Louisville, or at least a great second half, I thought made some nice throws and just seems to play the position with poise. And you wonder where he could get to with continued progress and where he could help Indiana football get to with continued progress. We talked about all that coming out of the weekend last week. But that said, uh, I saw a story that he rewarded the offensive lineman with a dinner at a nice restaurant uh, in Bloomington. So I guess part of his development as QB1 also includes some leadership. And I do think that the offensive line, uh, of course, Matthew Bedford, uh, the key name there from the past, uh, does deserve some praise. They're one of the highlights so far this season of this Indiana football team. But um, interesting to hear the young QB1 taking out some of the more experienced offensive linemen for Indiana to uh, reward them for their performance so far this season. So good for uh, Taven Jackson. I always want to call him TJDs. The T works, the J works, but no D for uh, Jackson Davis as it was for his brother. But uh, nonetheless, Taven Jackson, an interesting young man and an interesting pro- uh, prospect as well as far as uh, what the future holds. And, of course, going to be interesting to see him This week, Indiana hosts Akron. This is one of the games on the schedule that I would say almost everybody has Indiana winning. I had him a three-win team coming into the season. I still feel fairly confident in my pick. I don't think I ever named what I thought the third win would be. I think it will come from obviously one of the 
mid to lower level, if there is uh, such a thing in the Big Ten Conference outside of Indiana, perhaps uh, programs on their schedule. But Akron is one they have to win for sure. And if they have hopes of new quarterback uh, Taven Jackson leading this team to some unsuspected number of wins in a bowl game, this is one that you've absolutely got to pick up, especially coming off of the way things ended in that Louisville contest. Can you imagine how different we would feel about IU football had that game went just a little differently last week at Lucas Oil Stadium? I think we would be all of a sudden fired up that Indiana was maybe going to get four wins, or could they get to five, or could they shock the world and get to six? I think it would add to a lot of the discussion. Unfortunately, things did not end in that manner, although Indiana, I thought, did some good things in the second half. So uh, 16.5-point favorite, right, Justin? I think you said uh, uh, correct. Yeah. Indiana the favorite. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, that's a, a little bit on this game coming up Saturday where, again, Indiana's got to get the job done at home with Big Ten football uh, looming the rest of the way. Indiana has some challenging stretches coming up, but uh, they're going to have to get some of these 50-50 games or 60-40 games where uh, they're the 40 and the other team is the 60% favorite. There's a number of those, I think, at least as things are shaping up right now in the conference. IU basketball, big recruiting for the Hoosiers. While the football Hoosiers are playing Akron on the field, Mike Woodson and the coaching staff will host three key players in the class of 2025 Trent Sicily from Heritage Hills in-state, going to be one of those guys. A wing forward from Chicago. His name is Alex Alston. I don't know as much about him. It's his first visit to Indiana that I'm aware of. He's six foot seven. He's basically a consensus four-star recruit in the 2025 class. I think one of the uh, averages had him as the number 66 player in the country. He plays uh, for Kenwood Academy in the Chicago area and is a notable name, that's for sure. I don't know all the other offers he has, but he definitely has other Big Ten and lots of other high major interests as well. And then another player that I'm looking forward to watching this upcoming season from Indianapolis, his name is Xavier, or I believe it's a Xavier Robinson is how you pronounce his name. He's at Lawrence North. Now, he's been to Indiana previously for some uh, visits. He's kind of an intriguing player because his recruitment has been rapidly picking up. He's added some big offers, Ohio State, St. John's, of course, Rick Pitino there, TCU, Oklahoma State, USF, Notre Dame, Butler, Illinois, Arizona State, and then all sorts of mid-major schools have offered him as well. And all of this has happened in the last, I don't know, two, three, four months, maybe going back to the spring and the end of last high school basketball season. He's number 163 in the country, so believe it or not, he's kind of an outlier. Indiana, at least in 24 and 25 so far, has been highly involved with top 10, 15, 20, 30 guys, even top 50 players, and kind of interesting to see Indiana flirt with an in-state guy that's number 167. I think that's a good thing, uh, honestly, for Indiana. It shows Mike Woodson and the path that they are on when it comes to recruiting, but in-state guy, getting a lot of interest. His game seems to be taking some steps up, so we'll see what uh, Xavier Robinson is about from Lawrence North High School when the season gets here, but he will also be on campus this weekend. Could be some others there. Those are the ones that have been reported. Those are the ones that we know about, but as we always talk about this time of year, football environments, especially a game where 
the students are going to be into it, and Indiana should get a win. That has to help the uh, game day experience, at least, for some of these guys coming in. But another big recruiting weekend for Indiana. And another note, I saw uh, IU is out of the running for a five-star in the senior class, the 2024 class named Asia Newell. Um, He has got all sorts of interest. He's announced a final four Newell has of Alabama, Georgia, Texas, and Gonzaga. That announcement came on Wednesday. Newell, very intriguing. Six foot nine. He's been to Indiana twice uh, in 22, but has not made a visit since then. So I think we all knew Indiana was still at least on his list and probably still recruiting him to some degree, but never really considered him a serious target for the Hoosiers. And that's now the case officially as he's trimmed his list to four, and uh, those uh, schools will be where he, ultimately where he goes, one of those four schools, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, or Gonzaga. A couple other things to note from a basketball perspective. Uh, did not mention this earlier in the week because of all of the uh, media day stuff, but one of the preseason things that I really look forward to getting, it's a subscription, is called the Almanac, and it is put together by Jeff Goodman, who at times can be very opinionated, maybe a little controversial in some of his takes, but Jeff covers the game of basketball at all levels. He stays up with the recruiting. He knows these coaches. He follows the the season. He follows the game, again, year-round at all levels. And so I respect his opinion and uh, was curious when he put uh, a prediction together for the Big Ten Conference where he would have the Hoosiers and I believe that he has Indiana maybe exactly where I would put him at. He's got Indiana as number five in his preseason finish of the Big Ten Conference. Indiana was fourth by uh, Blue Ribbon, sixth by Lindy's. So with Goodman and the Almanac, they're right in the middle of those two. Uh, he has Purdue number three in the preseason overall in his top 25. Michigan State is four, so obviously those two schools right at the top of the conference by him as well. Illinois and Wisconsin not ranked, but did receive some votes in his preseason poll. Um, uh, project, projected order of finish in the conference, no surprise. Purdue won, Michigan State two, Illinois three, Maryland four, Indiana five. To go back a few more, Ohio State six, Wisconsin seven, Iowa eighth. Kind of surprising to see Wisconsin that low. I think the uh, Badgers have a chance to bounce back this season, but that is where he sees at least the top half or so of the conference. And like most other people putting preseason stuff together, he's got Purdue's Zach Eady as the preseason Big Ten Player of the Year and also the Defensive Player of the Year in the conference this well uh, in the conference as well. So a little bit from the Almanac and Jeff Goodman. I agree with that. And then I got to bring on Justin Kalen, producer of this show, and a lot more here at the Big X for just a moment because, Justin, I need your help here. You're a little younger than me, and you can help me make sure I get this pronunciation right. But we did not mention this, but it was reported earlier in the week that once again Indiana is going to bring in a very high-profile entertainer, rapper that – I'd say a lot of fans probably could care less about, although college students probably would give this a thumbs up. And I'll tell you who else will really like this. Some of these highly ranked big-name recruits that Indiana's bringing in that are young and modern and trendy, 
uh, rapper Gucci Mane. Did I say that right? Correct, yeah. Gucci Mane. Not man, Gucci Mane Gucci coming Mane. to Bloomington to be part of Hoosier Hysteria. I don't know rap, especially the younger stuff. I do know that Gucci Mane is extremely popular. So I've got to believe for Indiana and for the current team and for recruiting purposes that Gucci Mane is going to be a great addition to Hoosier Hysteria. Yeah, I would assume so. I mean, at least it's somebody we have heard of, right? I mean, I've heard of Gucci Mane, the guy they brought last year. I I can't even remember who it was. G Herbo. G Herbo. Yeah, I had had never heard of him. So at least we've heard of Gucci Mane. But, yeah, hopefully it'll help recruiting. I mean, it's it's a cool – Cool thing. All right. And a couple things, high school football tonight. Uh, interesting slate of games, Justin. Um, let's kind of go through things here quickly and and look at things. Let's start at the game that you're going to do. You're going to have Jeffersonville uh, at Silver Creek tonight. It's a 7 o'clock game, and you'll broadcast that, I know, on 94.7 mm-hmm. WFIA, one of the sister stations for us here at the Big X. We've got St. X football on the Big X, so Southern Indiana football relegated to 94.7. But that said, uh, the Red Devils have had a tough go of it. They are 0-5 on the season. They really and truly have not had a close game. They did put up some points uh, against Louisville Fern Creek, uh, what, a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, But tonight, uh, Silver Creek 3-2, they've not taken on uh, maybe the competition level that across the board that Jeff has. So that could factor into things. But Silver Creek does enter with a three-win season so far. I think, or I said this earlier in the week, without looking and diving too far into it, I kind of expect a fairly decent game tonight. But I would give Silver Creek the bump, the nod as the favorite based on records and just based on where things are at, how how do you see this one tonight that you're going to have the call of? Yeah, I'm very I'm in a very similar boat as you, Matt. I do think it'll be a really competitive game. It's going to be an opportunity for Jeff to get that first win, but I think ultimately it does come down to Silver Creek, and for me, it's their experience. They've got a lot of guys, and they've got a new quarterback in Keaton Ward who transferred over from Eastern High School in Louisville, but. Uh, aside from him, they've got a lot of guys that have been around the program for a long time. And you can say the same for Jeffersonville as well. And perhaps their record and their score lines have been because of the competition they've played. I mean, they've played some really tough competition. So I, I anticipate a close game. I think Silver Creek probably wins it by a touchdown, maybe a little less. Like I could see a three-point game here tonight, but it should be really competitive, especially after coming off my game last week where I had a running clock. I'm looking for a competitive game tonight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let, let's hope you get that good game. But kudos to Silver Creek and to Jeff. I, I, I know this isn't a new game by – any stretch of the imagination, but we talked earlier this week about it's somewhat new, right? Isn't, yeah, isn't but, this only the fourth or fifth time? I yeah, want to say, yeah. I mean, it's it's. I think at least game number four. I could probably look it up real quick while we're talking. But um, kudos to them, though. For and I've said this before, but kudos to them for for hooking up and playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Silver Creek still, as far as varsity level goes, you know, they don't have near the the history or tradition that Jeff does, going back for years and years and years. But I love to see the local rivalry games. Jeff Silver Creek is not New Albany Jeff or not Jeff Floyd Central or not what Jeff Providence would be uh, back in the day, but it's still a meaningful game locally for those two schools. 
And I get it. You know, you're a smaller school. You may not want to take on the big boys. You might want to play an opponent that more looks like somebody you're going to play in the postseason or in your sectional with how spread out these sectionals are. I, I get some of this stuff, but I do appreciate, I do love when our local teams play each other. We're treated to that still in basketball. It's still very important that we get those games in basketball, not as much in football these days, but uh, good game on the schedule. I hope you get a good one tonight. Really quickly, Providence in action. They take on Irvington Prep. You want to talk about a running clock, Justin? No kidding. That's going to be a running Absolutely. clock. The very minute it can be, you can take that to the <laughs> bank. It's going to be an absolute blowout. Providence is easily going to get to 6-0 and tonight. Then they got a little bit of an interesting game at Milan or against Milan the next week. The New Albany and the Bulldogs, they got a tough one. They take on Bloomington North. Bloomington North, I believe, is – Undefeated, they are at five and zero coming into this game. It's at New Albany. The Man, talk about a tough schedule. Struggling, and they Ooh. had so many tough games early on with Franklin on the road, and then Powerhouse Christian Academy of Louisville. Got to get some of those guys off the schedule for next year. And I know football scheduling is difficult these days, but got to get some of those guys off the schedule. Floyd Central four and one. They've been really the surprise of the area. They should have no problem tonight at Columbus East. The Olympians yeah. two and three. They're not bad, Justin. But did you ever think that for a year or two, at least, you'd see a Columbus East program below five hundred, not the favorite in the Hoosier Hills Conference? Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's taken me a little while to get used to the post Bob Gaddis era of the Olympians. Yeah, it's been what two years now. They've been under par in terms of what their programs used to. So yeah, I've been really weird getting used to it. And then you just saying Floyd Central going to go up there and be the favorite. That's that's hard to believe, but I don't think you're wrong in that phrase. Floyd Central's been playing really well. Columbus East has really been struggling. Columbus East four and six last season and four and six in twenty one. Bob Gaddis's last year, twenty twenty, the COVID season, the Olympians were eight and three. Coach Vogel, very nice guy, met him a few times. He took over that program after being an assistant, and it's easy to see why Coach Gaddis wanted to retire because uh, things have changed at Columbus East as far as the talent level goes, that's for sure. Need to mention the other games in the area tonight. Clarksville also winless on the season. They play at Perry Central tonight. Maybe the Generals can find some success on the road against the Commodores, who are 2-3 and three on the season. In Charlestown, I know they've had some injuries. They are 2-3, and three, struggling along, but still a quality team in the area. They take on a 3-2 and two Scottsburg team tonight, and that is our high school slate. Again, Justin has the Silver Creek-Jeffersonville game tonight, 7 p.m. on 94.7 WFIA. Justin, as always, thanks. Of course. Thanks for having me. We'll head to a commercial break. I mentioned that this week, the last week of our Jeffersonville studio for the Big X, yesterday we kind of reminisced about some of the great people that have been in the building and around this station over the years. And uh, things will still continue on 1450 AM and 96.1 FM, but uh, will originate from uh, the new studio in Louisville with some of the other stations that are part of this family of stations. But, you know, one thing I failed to mention yesterday, Justin, the seat you're sitting in right now, the producer's chair, how many state championship games have been produced from behind this glass. A lot recently that I've been fortunately enough to be able to be involved with and going back years and years, 
uh, Jeffersonville, New Albany, uh, so many big ones over the years. I thought about that as well. This station, this studio has produced tons of high-level success when it comes to state championships in the area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Hopefully I'll be on, on the call for one of them one day. There you go. All right, that's going to wrap up segment one. We'll head to segment two. Dylan Wallace is with us. We'll talk IU Akron football and a lot more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. Thornton's text line open at number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dylan Wallace used to be the sports editor at the Seymour Tribune. Now we call him friend of the program. He's an employee of the University of Notre Dame, and he's still with us Fridays, although we've had no show the last few Fridays due to various things uh, to join us to talk about uh, IU football and basketball today here in the segment. Dylan, it's great to catch up with you again. Hope the new gig is going well. And I guess like to start with IU Akron. Can Indiana win this when they should? And maybe the bigger question is, can they cover the spread of, I think, 16 and a half points the last we saw here at the Big X? Dylan, are you there? Oh, yep. Can you hear me? Yeah, got you now. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's great to be back on the show. It's uh, it's buzzing where I am right now. Um, Ohio State's in town for Notre Dame, Ohio State on Saturday, so game day's getting shut up, so it's been really exciting. But, um, you know, for Indiana, I think I, I'm more a little more confident in this team than I was coming into the season. Um, I like what I've seen from Taven Jackson. I like some of the skill positions we have on offense. So therefore, I think they, they can come to the spread on Saturday night against Akron. Um, I think after kind of a really tough loss and a pretty disappointing one against Louisville last, last Saturday, um, I think a, a game for them to come out and really just take care of this again, similar to what they did to Indiana State. Now, obviously, Akron will be a better opponent than Indiana State was, but I do think Indiana, with the way their defense has been playing this season and with the way the offense kind of opened up a little more, um, I feel pretty comfortable with them going in and, and winning at home pretty comfortably and probably covering that 16-point spread. Um, but um, we'll see how Akron comes out and plays. But I, I do like any of his chances to get back to 500 on the season and hopefully really start to create some momentum from there and see if they can get, get closer to six wins. But that's going to be tough. But you got to win this one for sure, and I, I think they can. I appreciate you bringing it up because I was thinking about that over the weekend. I, I think I am – more confident or whatever word you use to describe this team. I, I, I think I agree. I think I'm intrigued by Taven Jackson and what he could become even maybe later this season. Um, I think the offensive line deserves some credit. I, I thought personally that they would get beat worse than they did by Louisville. I thought Louisville might handle them, to be quite honest. Um, so there have been some things that have surprised me in a good way with this team, and I think anybody that listens know that I have not been high at all on IU football. I predicted three wins for this team coming into the year. 
That said, um, if we're feeling, if we agree, we're feeling better about this team and their prospects this season. You know, a win this weekend has to happen, and they need to win really handily to march on and prove they're a team to be reckoned with. Can they score some of these 50-50 or what I would call maybe 60-40 games that lean against Indiana in the Big Ten? I'm not talking about Michigan or Penn State or those games. I'm talking about the Maryland's and the Rutgers and uh, you know maybe a Purdue game later in the year. Can Indiana get some of these? Can Indiana maybe get a win total that none of us thought just a few weeks ago? I think there's a good chance, and it's been a really weird season. You know, when they start out against Ohio State and are running the triple option and are just doing really nothing, and the defense looks solid, they're in the game, it looks like they're just playing not to lose. It was really, really frustrating. And you went away from that game thinking, well, the defense showed some promise, but if that's going to be their offense, they're not going to win much of many games this season. And, you know, Indiana State, they obviously open up, they throw the ball. Um, you could just say, hey, well, it's Indiana State. What can really take away from, you know, one and one? And, during that Louisville game, you know, that was kind of the make-or-break game of what this team could be made of. And even though it was a loss, and even though the way it ended was, was pretty frustrating not be able to convert a 4th and one you know, to, to tie the game, um, I did feel a little bit better. Now, I didn't, the way it started, you know, Louisville was gashing the defense. Um, you're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on right there? Um, but the way they responded in the second half, um, the way that Taven Jackson just looked like he's got a good pocket presence. He can really throw the ball. It looks good coming out of his arm. Um, and the skill, the skill position guys are just good. Jalen Lucas is electric every time he touches the ball. I was a big fan of the way they were using him more in the passing game against Louisville as opposed to just turning around, handing it off, and having his small stature trying to run through the middle of these, these bigger linemen. So I like that aspect. Um, I like the receivers, Cam Camper. Donovan McCauley has been showing up. You know, we saw Omar Cooper have a good game against Indiana State. So um, I like the weapons they have, and I like the way they're starting to utilize some of them. Um, right now, and that makes you more optimistic for the games like you mentioned. Can you beat Rutgers? Can you beat a Maryland? You know, Michigan State's kind of in, in the free fall right now. Can you knock off them? You have them at home. Can you beat Purdue, who, you know, hasn't looked that great so far this year either? You know, those are those are four games right there that, you know, if you beat Akron and you win those four, you know, those are your six wins. And, you, and you're playing in a bowl game when no one expected you to win like you said, three, two, four maybe games this season. So I think there's some real opportunity on this schedule. Um, I think I think I'm pretty excited to see how they're able to capitalize on it. Um, but I'm way more optimistic now than I was going into the year. Um, now that we've kind of seen, you know, kind of what some of the identity of this team is, um, and if they can kind of scalp some of those teams off um, and win those 50-50 games where they're on the same talent level as them, you know, we might be. Business team potentially competing for a bowl game towards the end of the year, which uh, is really kind of all you want, where you want to be, especially after how the last two years went and it kind of progressed up into that point. Um, I think it would be a positive thing. Now, I don't want to get too carried away. I think this team can, can definitely you know, fall on its face here down the road. We've seen injuries happen to quarterbacks a lot. So, you know, keeping all that in perspective, I know those things could happen. But from what I've seen so far, um, I think the Hoosiers might have a chance to, to do some good things this season and take some more positive steps that make you feel a lot better about the program than you probably did before the year started. Yeah, Dylan, that's a, that's a hopeful take and one that's maybe possible for Indiana. I, I think that fans, at least, are in for some uh, good finishes, some good competitive football games. I mean, Indiana's going to lose some that we know. I mean, they're going to get beat by the Ohio States, the, as they already have, the the Michigans, the Penn States, but I do think that some of those other games, based on what we've seen so far, 
Indiana can compete in. And I think there was a time in the offseason where I wondered if Indiana would even be competitive in that step down from Michigan and Penn State and those type of Big Ten opponents. So we'll see how that plays out. I do want to get in quickly. We don't have a lot of time, but quickly to basketball. Media Day was Wednesday. Lots of great content coming out after that uh, as we think about the upcoming season. Some really interesting things, I thought, from Coach Woodson. Really like what Xavier Johnson had to say. This is just all hype stuff to get you ready for the year. But I tell you, Kellel Ware, he he seems to be a man on the mission that recognizes he probably didn't have the freshman year that he should have based on his reputation and NBA promise coming into that deal at Oregon. And I would just be just going back, watching him last year, looking at his ability and his God-given size and length and height and all that stuff. I I, I I'm expecting big things from him, Dylan. I loved what Mike Woodson said about Khalil Ware at the end of his press conference um, yesterday or two days ago, whenever it was. You know, he basically laid it out flat. He's like, "Hey, I know we all know what was said about him in Oregon. We know the way he was treated. We know they called him lazy. They didn't play him a whole lot. You know, we knew some of that. And you know, Woodson has said, if you commit to me, you know, I'm going to push you to not be all of those things." And it just seems like it's a good match right now. It seems like Mike Woodson is the kind of coach and the kind of person who can push him and, you know, and, and make things hard, but can make him better, ultimately better with the type of talent he has. I mean, you just look at the team picture, how much taller he is than everybody else on that roster. And there's some big dudes on that roster, too. You know, the skill that he has um, in every area of the floor is not just down in the paint. It's, it's the ability, it's the touch outside of the paint, to shoot and the block shots and all these things. Um, you know, I think with this coaching staff, and I've said this since they've been hired over and over again, I just, just feel, feel you can trust them and, and what they do and in terms of recruiting, in terms of maybe how they develop certain players, maybe get some guys to buy into things they haven't before. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good about Kolo Ware and his potential future with Indiana. Um, he's obviously got the talent to where if he has a really good season this year, you know, he'll be, he'll be off into the draft. And then that would be another guy in the point he'll be like, hey, we took him. No one wanted him, you know. I mean, people wanted him after he left Oregon, but like no one, no one, everyone was disappointed in how he turned out his freshman year. But we got him back on track, and that's a really good sign. So I'm excited for him um, to see what he can do. And, and you mentioned David Johnson, just uh, the importance and the experience that he has in this team is going to be huge. Um, and, and you know, I think Woodson was right when he said, "I don't know if we talked about enough last year how big of a loss that was losing him." And, and he was right. I mean. Indiana was expecting to have that lethal combo in the backcourt of Xavier Johnson and Jalen Hutchinson, and they lost one of those guys who was instrumental in getting in the tournament two years ago. You know, so if he can be that that guy that he was, um, and he, if he can help set up all these guys like Ware and Mbako and Renew and all these players, um, you know, that would be a really key kind of driving force for this Hoosier team. Um, this is another team I'm really excited about, and I was glad that we got some content to, to listen to the players and coaches and get excited about it. We have, we know all the schedule now too. So um, I, I can't wait for basketball season and uh, it's, it's going to come up before we even know it. So some exhibition games. So I'm excited. I think Woodson and on the 26, he gets in full time for practice. So we really start to put some work in there. So um, I was really excited. You know, obviously you're going to hear positive things at these media days all the time, but um, when you just hear Woodson talk, you just feel like he's being honest and being real. And I love the comments he made about where, about realistically saying this is what happened, but that's behind him, and this is what we're going to try to push him to do. So um, definitely all positive stuff, and I'm looking forward to basketball season for sure. Yeah, definitely. Dylan Wallace, he's with us 
Fridays, we talk IU football, basketball, and more. It's not far away. Hoosier Hysteria is the next checkbox we have. Then it's exhibition games, two of them. And then it's non-conference games, which there's going to be some big ones. And Big Ten basketball ahead of that. Dylan, we'll talk about all of it with you. Thanks, man. Sounds great. I appreciate it. All right, Dylan Wallace with us here on this Friday show. We'll head to a commercial break. Back with our final segment of the week, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk some high school football with Kyle on a statewide level, and we'll also talk the latest with some in-state recruits I want to bring up with Kyle as well. He's all over high school hoops in our state, knows all the players, and we'll discuss that next coming up here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Now open weekends. (laughs) We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins in this segment. Kyle with the Indianapolis Star and uh, covers high school sports recruiting and more. Kyle, high school football, man, I can't believe we're headed to the fall. We're headed to the back uh, end of the season. We'll be talking, excuse me, postseason football very soon. And we talk a lot about the big teams in the area. Providence and Floyd Central have uh, been leading the way down in our neck of the woods, but size things up for for us across the state with what you've seen so far this season when it comes to some of the powerhouses? Yeah, I mean, I think the kind of the big storyline in 6A is how uh, relatively wide open it seems to be. You know, I think, I, you know, I'd say Brownsburg's ring number one, but I've still been putting Center Grove number one for now until they lose to another uh, in-state team. And then, you know, Ben Davis has been highly they were ranked number one until IMG beat them, so you could throw them in the mix. And then Westfield is also undefeated up here in in, in uh, 6A, and they play Brownsburg tonight. So one of those teams will drop a game. But uh, but I think it's just it's it's uh, you know, and then you not even to mention HSC and Fishers, who are who are both really good teams also. So I think any of those six teams, like to me, look right now like they're capable of beating the other one on a given night. Um, again, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's very heavy in 6A and Central Indiana teams, but I think also teams like, you know, Fort Wayne Carroll and, and uh, you know, Fort Wayne Snyder in 5A is, is number one. So you've got some good uh, Fort Wayne football teams as usual. But, uh, you know, yeah, from 6A, I would, I would say it shapes up as a pretty fun uh, tournament just because of that, because you have so many really kind of even and, uh, you know, can beat each other on a given night type of teams. Yeah, for sure. Kyle Neddenrip, the Indianapolis Star, with us. A little bit of recruiting stuff with you. People always interested in in-state names when it comes to high school basketball in our state. I know a few weeks ago we talked about Jalen Harrelson, his recruitment 
continuing to soar as he's now at Laporte La Lemire as opposed to Fishers High School. So it takes him out of the running next season to be an Indiana All-Star or Mr. Basketball. We kind of talked about how elite-level high school basketball has affected the game here, even in the Hoosier State where basketball is still king. But today I want to focus on a couple other names. I know that uh, the 2025 class so often uh, gets headlined by Harrelson and Trent Sisley, but there are some other players in that class, including a guy like Xavier Robinson from Lawrence North that Indiana is going to have on campus this weekend. When we get below or past Harrelson and Sicily, who, who are the next bunch in that junior class that Indiana and these other schools are taking notice of? Yeah, I would say, you know, Robinson's a good one because, you know, I know Notre Dame really went after him hard and, and uh, you know, some other in-state schools have have really taken notice of him. Yeah, you know, Berlin Mullins, I think, is another name that, uh, you know, I've talked about with you before, Matt. You know, uh, a guy who just picked up a recent uh, IU offer, and, you know, he's a, he's a name that I think is going to be, you know, pretty familiar with people, if not already. Um, you know, a guard who can really shoot it and, and uh, you know, has quite a bit of athleticism. But, you know, I'd say those are, you know, you mentioned those guys that, uh in that 2025 class, that's a really good class. I would say there's still going to be some, you know, some names we could see down the road that that uh, they'd get some better offers and some bigger offers. But uh, I think you kind of hit on the ones that uh, you know they're going to have the most uh, impact right now. Absolutely, Kyle Nedenrip, Indianapolis Star, with us. Kyle, uh, beyond 2025, I know it, it. The game gets younger. There's so much emphasis, even in recruiting now, with with the next uh, group of players. Are there any below the junior class that are on the radars or have the potential to be the next great thing out of Indiana that you want to mention today? Yeah, there's the Dijon Hall from, uh, he's now at Pike, and I think that's going to be a name that people are going to be familiar with. Uh, he went over to Illinois, I think, most recently, but uh, played at Tindley as a freshman, had a really good season. Uh, he's, if people remember Eric Hunter, who played at Purdue and Butler, is he's a left-handed guard. Almost looks identical to him on the court. Um, you know, mannerisms and, and a lot of the things he does as a player. Uh, so I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, again, only one year into his high school career, but I think he'll be a name in that 2026 class that people really know about. All right, Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, thanks for the quick chat today. Know you're busy. We'll catch up with you next week. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate it. All right. Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star, one of our longstanding guests here on the program, and appreciate his time Fridays in this segment. High school football tonight, probably the most game uh, as far as local interest, Silver Creek and Jeff, and as Justin Kalen told us earlier, he'll have the call of that game on 94.7 FM, our sister station, so you can Tune in for that rivalry tonight. I think it's going to be a good one, but I also think Silver Creek's going to win. Maybe I'll be totally wrong on all accounts. Probably be a blowout, and probably Jeff will win if I start making any predictions, Justin. That's just how things go when I get in the guessing game or the betting game. For what it's worth, Matt, this is only their <laughs> third meeting. Jeffersonville has won the previous two. So. There you go. So this would Silver be, Creek's do. This would be a big win uh, for the Silver Creek football program. That is for sure. Thank you so much for being with us today and this week, and we'll continue on. Uh, be with you Monday for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. 
We'll recap what I think will be an Indiana win over Akron. We'll talk college football coming out of the weekend. We'll catch up on recruiting and who was on campus and maybe what they had to say as well. And next week is one week closer to Hoosier hysteria and, more importantly, one week closer to the college basketball season that we are all excited about. That is for sure. All right, have a great weekend. Talk with you Monday at 11 a.m. If you missed the live show, look us up as a podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find us there. Again, have a great weekend. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.